You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Check out DraftKings, code word PHNX. You put down $5, and you know what? If you win that NFL game, you bet, you get $200 of free plays. And you know what? It doesn't really get much any better. It doesn't get any better than that. So, again, 50-50 chance, maybe better than that. So, hop on to DraftKings. Joined now by Mr. William Brad Alice, the one of the dons of the Tucson sports scene. Hello, William. I'm that old now? Uh, yeah, well, if you're older <laughs> than me, I'll put it to you like that. Hey, so. let me just uh, real quick shout you out, Mike. You uh, had a nice fitting goodbye to your former place, and I think it's a fitting uh, way how you ha- conducted yourself on air, off air, that not only did both of your competitors wish you well, but a former competitor wished you well, and now they want to have you on their show. So it's not that they're just getting rid of you as competition, but that they – so I think uh, that shows you did things the right way, dude. So congratulations. Yeah. I always tried to, and I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate everybody out there, Brad. Uh, like yourself, I uh, I grew up reading you. So, like I said, the first time that I actually uh, got to operate the board with you and Shu, it was one of those things where I was kind of pinching myself a little bit because, well, honestly, I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't, uh, I didn't know that I'd ever be there. So, I appreciate you always being kind to me. No, no problem, man. All right, so let's get to some U of A talk. And good morning, Matthew Bothwell. Uh, just hopping in here. Um, Arizona, Washington, Friday, 21 to 16, Arizona loses. Got a lot of takeaways here, Brad. First and foremost, though, there's been a lot of bad quarterbacking at the U of A over the years. Now, I didn't see some of the early bad quarterbacking that, uh, that you did. Um, I have a hard time believing though, that it's worse than what we've seen now. And I'm, and I'll just throw this stat out there. 16, receptions for 62 yards yeah that was bad now remember there was a time in the tommy era where i think uh was it reggie mcgill led the team with like 16 receptions but they were running triple option right um i hate to pile on kids but right now will Plummer ranked somewhere behind ryan o'hara and ahead maybe of Heath Bray, who was a safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure I wouldn't take Jeff Hammerschmidt, a safety. Um, I think it was Anthony Smith, the wide receiver, who started and took two snaps and then he gave way to Heavner during the Stoops era. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm not taking Anthony Smith. I'm, 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 I would absolutely take Bryson Bernie about now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would take Adam Austin right now. In fact, I, what, yeah, I know I would, I would take Adam Austin right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it may come back down to the last scholarship quarterback I might not take. And I'm not even sure he 100% he was on scholarship. Is a guy who played at our alma mater, Ryan Hessen, mm-hmm. um, who I don't know if it took meaningful snaps at quarterback. I, I might take Billy Prickett behind these guys who was a walk-on who started the UCLA game a few years. It's right. that bad. Um, you know, how many how many attempts? 20-something? And, and yeah. they had 60-some-odd yards? Yeah. That's a bad I've never stat. seen that. I've never seen that stat line before. Honestly, I've I've never seen that. You're looking at almost two and a half yards of completion. Here's my question. Now, when Jordan McLeod was in the game, and again, I don't want to try to blow Jordan McLeod out of the water like he's this guy that you know we've never seen before. He, he but he was just a significant upgrade. But when I look at Gunnar Cruz, when I look at Will Plummer. It seems like there's a drastically different playbook involved where the horizontal passing game takes priority over the vertical passing game. 
Uh, I think it comes down to what the guys can read, what they can. Because again, people confuse. And I don't know Jed Fish's playbook, so I don't want to give Jed Fish too much credit here yet. He doesn't deserve it yet. But generally, when you call a play, it's not just you have one pass or two pass. I mean, you have a whole series of checkdowns and views, uh, both pre and post snap too. So a lot of times when they're running the ball and you're like, why are they running? Well, that's because the quarterback checked down into it. Um, my guess is much kind of like Khalil Tate. These guys can't read underneath. They're right. either reading super short or they're reading downfield because they can't read in the stew of the defense where linebackers and safeties and even defensive uh, tackles exist. Can't see it, can't read it. So what do you do? You either throw that outside short pass or you throw deep. That is my guess. My guess is McLeod, again, who's mediocre to average. I mean, he's not great, but he's 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 a D1 quarterback, which I'm not sure we can say about Cruz or Plummer. Um, he can obviously at least read the field a little bit. Now, did that mean he didn't throw five picks against Oregon? No, he did. Three of them were clearly bad decisions. Um, mm -hmm. But he moved the football with that offense. So he's at least... That's why it gives me if, – if this is all we saw all year, I would be more worried about Jed Fish. And, again, I'm not ready to proclaim Jed Fish a success or a failure. But when Will Plummer, who he did not recruit, and Gunnar Cruz, who he did recruit, but I'm not sure he had a whole lot of other options right. other than Jordan McLeod. I mean, Ryan Helensky was not coming. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure they could have gotten Tate Martell, to be honest. Um that this is what you have. And what you have is, a, for whatever reason, they were able to get Gunnar Cruz ready for BYU and nothing since. Will Plummer has shown me, look, I know a lot of people think he was better than Grant Gunnell last year. He wasn't. No. Gunnell, who I'm no. not, who's mediocre, mm -hmm. um, was far superior to Will Plummer last year. Will Plummer's just not a D1 quarterback. He was misevaluated either by the Sumlin staff. Notice he didn't have a ton of offers when Arizona landed him really early. So he was a right. Neil Mazone project that... Right now, unless something drastic happens in the next two years, it's a failure. And that happens. Quarterback's the toughest position to evaluate. You get these people on Twitter like, I I, I knew this. The Tua Tagaloa wouldn't be any good. No, you didn't. Because you probably, you know, we, no one knows. If, if NFL executives can't get the quarterback position right, then how can college guys getting an 18-year-old get it right? But the fact is, right now, Will Plummer, Gunnar Cruz are not – Arizona good, and that's saying something because Arizona is the worst team in the Pac-12 and maybe the worst power. Well, no, they are the worst power five team. They might give Kansas a run, but um, yeah. yeah, it's a bad situation. Jordan McLeod is okay, it, but mm -hmm. he can't be your quarterback long-term if you want to win football games, but he at least will keep you in football games. All right. We, we got uh, Megatron's dad, a.k.a. Ray, home of the rally sock on the uh, on his picture right there. I'd say bear down, everyone. Hello, Ray. All right. Um, Brad, here's my question now. So we're talking we're going to talk all quarterback this segment, because as we found out, if you don't have a quarterback, it's going to be really difficult to win unless you have the desert swarm behind you. Here's my question then. You've got, let's say you go into next season, and I think it's fair to say at this point that Will Plummer and Gunnar Cruz aren't good enough. Now, before we go into next season, I'm at the stage now, and you and I talked about this young man a lot over the years. Um, I'm giving Jamari Joyner a chance. I'm throwing him out there. I don't know what kind of offense it's going to be, but I'm giving Jamari Joyner a chance because I can't, I know for a fact that I can't win with Will Plummer or Gunnar Cruz. Yeah, and again, I don't think Joyner is a, is a power five quarterback. Uh, but 
I think at this point, I know plumbers not. Uh, so if you, even if you're just alternating, but I would have several Jamari Joiner packages, even if they're all pure read option, triple option with a few pass RPO. Um, yeah, I think I think you have a better chance. Again, I Arizona's just not going to move the football this year. The and line's think- not good enough. They're, while they have some good receivers, they don't have a number one. Uh, the running backs, I think, are competent, but again, not they can't overcome this line. The guy I'd be curious to see if he's a D1 player is, is Zarinmo, who again, uh-huh. as a freshman who was headed to Princeton, I'm, I'm not sure. He's probably a very nice backup. Um, but the fact is, if next year you better hope Jordan McLeod improves, you better hope Noah Fafita is as good as he can be. And mm-hmm. you better hit that transfer portal and be more successful than you were this year. And that's the thing. Go ahead. You can't really blame – well, maybe you can blame – I don't think Gunnar Cruz was his, his top three. Yeah, I've heard this where they wanted Arizona. No, they got who they could get. Mm-hmm. Um, next year, if they continue to struggle with quarterbacks, and they might because they haven't shown a whole lot, then that becomes a bigger issue because you've got to get an upperclassman in here to at least compete with Fafita and McLeod. Uh, because you know, as as good as Fafita might be, he's five eleven at that. He's a true freshman, and I know he's getting here early, but we've seen it before. How many true freshmen have really played well at Arizona? I th- I think it's one, and I think it's you know it's Willie Tuitama who spent a month on the bench learning the system. And let's talk about that. I think it's important to go into a little bit more detail on the importance of the quarterback situation and where you look at it. First and foremost, like you said. It's rare for a freshman quarterback to be able to come in here. And, you know, when I watch Noah Fafita's highlights, sure, he's short, but he looks good. Again, he's got a lot of really good players with him, but, um, you know, he look, he looks good. Um, but he's also a shorter guy. He's not a no-brain four- or five-star quarterback, which is generally the guys that you throw in there immediately. So – You've got him. You got Jordan McLeod, who I think we both say with Jordan McLeod, he's a power five QB. Now, at what level? I, he, he's not great. I don't think anybody's saying that, but he didn't look out of place. I'll put it to you like that. So you got these two, but I'm with you, man. I'm outside of you know Jamari coming in here and lighting things up. I'm looking at the transfer portal because I need another quarterback in here. I need to have three guys because I don't have a sure thing. And you even need, just from a depth standpoint, look at where mm-hmm. we're at this year, where you have two guys out for the year. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, or, you know, a guy even, let's say, just say, you know, he concussion protocol. Um, are you ready to turn it over? So you need three quarterbacks at the minimum. If it's me, frankly, I'm probably trying to look for like a junior or senior who can transfer in as a grad transfer. I'm probably... I would not be shocked, and maybe I would because I think they've made a commitment to Fifita. I wouldn't mind another freshman coming in just mm-hmm. to bolster the depth, even if it is a project. Right. You know what? Um, and I think, again, that's kind of where Arizona's at, too. That, you know, you're going to take the 5'11 quarterback. Um, you've got to find this, in a, in a way, you got to find a niche in many mm-hmm. of the recruiting. And if that's taken a lot of undersized guys who have great tape, uh, like Jonah Coleman. Um, I'm fine with that. I mean, Arizona's made a living for 25, 30 years with undersized running backs. And most of them have been quite sturdy. JJ Taylor scored two touchdowns yesterday. It goes back. It starts with David Adams and, and keeps going through Antoine Carter. There's a tradition 
Um, so yeah, if 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 it's if suddenly you're going to be the school where the five eleven drop back quarterback can play, okay, great. Let's go get another one and, and and stockpile this roster. Brad mentioned something that you could view as a niche, and one thing that you can't view as a niche at this point is DraftKings Sportsbook. Everybody is on there right now. If you're not on there, you should be on there because you got live betting. You've got great deals going on for a new customer right now. You can put down five bucks on an NFL game. And guess what? If you win, you get $200 in free plays. Yes, please. And it's easy. Our friend John Schuster knows how to navigate it. He's not the most technologically advanced guy in the world. And you know what? I looked at that Chiefs game yesterday, Brad, and I said, you know what? I think I like how the Titans are playing. I don't like how the Chiefs are playing. So I might have put a little bit of coin down there. You need to check out DraftKings Sportsbook. If you've got a gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. As always, all these deals are for people 21 and up, Arizona only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. William, I saw you biting your lip right there. Unleash the bite. What's up? Oh, no, I, I'm on a hockey, uh, men's hockey league uh, text chain, and I was looking down at the text messages. That's okay. all it was. And, no, I, yeah, sad about my chief, so. And, right, and the other thing you need to do, you need to be on GoPHNX right now because our guy William right here is a regular. We're going to have Jay Dobbins on tomorrow, uh, AZ Wildcats podcast. We chop up everything U of A sports-related, and it's just it's got a community feel to it. It's only growing, and it's going to continue to get bigger. We appreciate everybody out there. Um, let's get to some comments. Scott Schlittenhart, one of the uh, one of our big, big fans out there, and congratulations on your new gig there, Scott. He said Fafita reminds him of Kyler when I watch his tape. Um, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. If Fafita is half of what Kyler is, then Arizona's got, a, uh, Arizona's got something really good on their hands there, Brad. I don't think he's the raw athlete that Kyler is. I would also argue that he might be ahead of where Kyler was as a passer at this age. Uh Um, Kyler was, again, Kyler was seen as a center fielder um, more than he was a quarterback, and he's proven a lot of people wrong, including myself. I thought he'd be a good NFL quarterback. I did not think he'd be great. And right now he's probably the MVP. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm going to take the L on that one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think you, I think do, you are going to take the L on that one. I, I am ready. You know, again, I, I, I'm, I'm usually okay with quarterbacks. Um, I, I was wrong on him and I was wrong on the, uh, the chargers guy, Herbert Herbert's way better than I thought he'd be, mm-hmm. but I, I will stand by most of my other quarterback predictions here. All right. Yes. You're, you're generally very good. That's why we have you on here on the AZ Wildcats podcast. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about what happens going forward. We've talked a lot about the quarterback position and what needs to happen. There are help is on the way is an overused term. Um, Arizona does have some guys coming in though. And the first and foremost is a guy whose father you covered very closely at the U of A and that's uh, Chester Burnett's son, Kean Burnett. When I look at Kean Burnett, ex USC commit transferred over to the, or switched over to the U of A. He's a guy that looks different. He's a guy that you generally don't see coming to Arizona. Now, whether at wide receiver or tight end, is he somebody that you look at and say that he can probably help out Stan immediately? Or how do you see that playing out? Yeah. So, and again, it, it dep- he looks the part physically, but a lot of times you don't know until you get on the college campus whether those are 
show muscles or grow muscles. I mean, there are guys who look thin, who are wildly athletic and strong, and there are guys who look and I'll use who are the two uh two guys who came in the two four stars who panned out to be Cobb and and uh, right. and where they right. looked like grown men. But guess mm-hmm. what? The minute you got one of them into a real strength program, he blew out his shoulders. So you just don't know. Now, assuming Burnett is big boy strong, which he probably should be. His how much does was. blood? How much does bloodlines mean to you in a situation like this? Because I I agree with your point, but Chester was a different animal. Yeah, and you know what? Chester actually lived in, in the dorm I was an RA at for for a little while, so he was uh, right. he was impressive from the get go. Let's just say that. Um, so yeah, I do put stock in that. And I also put stock that if Dad succeeded at that level, he knows how to put you in the right strength program again Mm -hmm. you can be you can go to the gym and look great with your shirt off and not be able to play a lick you can also test off the charts um there's there's been a lot of weight rewards brandon tatum was another guy like that who was maybe one of the best freak athletes ever at arizona um and there's other guys who you take their shirt off and they look goofy Um, but Burnett takes a show. He looks good, but let's assuming he's ready physically to play. I think he can step in and, and again, play pretty well. Assuming they have a guy to get him the ball. Cause right now Arizona's got a couple good tight ends. They can't get him the ball. And And again, people are like play design. Well, if you're checking away from that, if you're afraid to throw in the middle where the tight ends operating, it doesn't matter how good or how bad they are. Um, that's why, again, I'm not ready to, throw the book at at at, at fish's play calling because i don't know what the design of the plays are it could be that these guys just have no confidence going in the middle uh to the tight ends and they and they can't get them the ball or it could be that they're just not getting them the ball but they sure seem to be getting the ball in spring practice and in the fall uh camp one unit though that i do want to highlight and who has been as advertised to me is don brown Don Brown came in with, uh, you know, a very, very good pedigree, Michigan, D.C. And you could say the one thing, the defense hasn't forced a ton of turnovers. I get that. But, Brad, this defense is so much better than it's been in previous years. And, I mean, let's just look at the Washington game right there. You give up 21 points in a college football game, you should be able to win that game, period. And they played other good teams. The only team where the defense, I thought, got totally just – outmanned was the San Diego State game. Other than that, I've been very pleased with the unit. They couldn't stop the run against UCLA. Um, but even That's then, true. that that was a game going into the fourth quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. Considering what they have to work with, especially in the defensive backfield, I think the front seven has been okay mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, you give up 21 points in the Pac-12, you should win this football game. Right. Arizona has been, that's the other thing where I'm still optimistic is Arizona has been in four games heading into the fourth quarter. Now, one of them was in AU, which should not have been a game, but in right. the, the rest of the losing streak, someone was only in three games mm-hmm. uh, the whole time. And then one of those was a 10 point down 10 to start the fourth quarter against Stanford in 19. Um, so I do see slight improvements considering you would take right now. You take Khalil Tate or Grant Gunnell over anyone on this roster at quarterback, and so again, I'm not ready to write fish off. I don't love what I've seen, obviously, offensively, uh, but defensively, they've been they've been good enough. Because even if you look at that Colorado game, it was two big plays. At one point, ninety percent of Colorado's offense came on two deep passes, and Arizona's been susceptible to the deep pass, but. 
you know, you had a pick six, you had a block punt. So again, you had about 21 points, 24 points given up by the defense, which should win you football games with a competent offense. They just don't have it. Now, Zoe Rostenhausler said, if Don Brown were to leave, we'd be in very real trouble. I actually had somebody tweet this at me the other day. And um, I will say that I would be surprised if he left only because only because of you know, generally don't take a job like this knowing that thinking that immediately that you're going to be good. I mean, Don Brown's been around college football longer than both of us have been alive. You too, Brad. And um, I don't know that he thought that this was going to be a quick fix. Now, he might have thought that the talent on the team might be a little bit better, but I would I'd be surprised if he's not back next year. The only reason he goes if one of two things. One, he gets a job offer he can't turn down. Mm. You know, the new staff at, say, LSU, I don't know. Or right. he just decides it's time to, to retire. But I don't think you take this job if you think you're going to retire. I think he wants to coach some of these young guys he's recruiting. Because a lot of them are his recruits. A lot of these guys from the Northeast and the Midwest are his guys. And he, I think he has something to prove. Because I think he has done a good job. Maybe not a great job, but I don't think anyone could do a great job with the talent they have. But again, this is a team that, with the exception of San Diego State, it's a lot of big plays against some bad corners, to be honest, that have really affected Arizona the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are, if you're, you should be on DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you're not, code word PHNX, as we talked about, you put in five bucks on an NFL game, and guess what? Pays out 200, you get a $200 free play if you win. I'm going to give you a little bit of betting advice right here and, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's me. But so far, the under in Arizona football games has been pretty good to most people. And you know what? I don't see any reason for it not to be good. It's a little early in the week for the DraftKings pick of the week. But you know what? The number that I'm looking at right now is USC Arizona this week and 56 and a half points. I'm going way under on that one there, William. What are your initial thoughts on that line that you could find at DraftKings Sportsbook? Yeah, unless, again, I think the only way that thing hits the over is if uh, the USC defense scores a few times because I haven't seen enough from the USC offense to make me real optimistic. Yeah. One other thing, too, that I want to talk to you a little bit about is Manscaped. You know what? You look at Brad and I, we're guys with beards. You know what? But you know what? In the year 2021, you got to embrace other aspects of the uh, grooming game. And that goes with what's down below. And that's where Manscaped has really carved out. It's it's uh, basically it's it's way of life, for lack of a better term. You've got they've got all the tools you need. You've got all of the equipment, the formula formulas. This is where you want to be. And honestly, this is no better time to do it because you get 20% off plus free shipping with code PHNX at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping code word PHNX manscaped.com. Keep your uh, underneath fresh trim and clean with manscaped. Brad, have you used manscaped? I have not, but between your reads and I follow a, uh, a hockey goalie on uh, YouTube who gives out manscaped products to his defensemen of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they seem pretty excited. So I may have to check that out because I don't want it to look down there like it looks up it's, here. You know what? Gray. Once you get into it, it's a way of life. So check out Manscaped. All right. Now let's move on to something that's a little bit brighter, and that's some U of A hoops, which is right around the corner. And Tommy Lloyd had had an interview out there, and he was just talking about you know what he wants to see from this year's team. 
And what he kept going back to time and time and time again is we've got athletes. We need to be able to run because that's the best way. We've heard this in the past, but I never really bought it. It was kind of like throwing to the tight end. And um, I believe it with Tommy Lloyd, though. I believe Tommy Lloyd 100% wants to get up and down and run. And Brad, I'm excited to see this year's team. I don't expect them to be a Final Four contender, but I think they're going to be better than people think. And I'm just excited to see a more free-flowing, aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball. And we saw that a little bit in the Red-Blue game this past uh, couple weeks ago. Look, the closest thing to Lute Olsen right now is Mark Few. Mm -hmm. And Tommy Lloyd has spent 20-plus years with Mark Few. I think this is going to look stylistically like a Lute Olsen team. Now, do they have enough talent? I like the talent. I think if they can get competent point guard play out of Kirk Reese, so this is a pretty fun team. This mm-hmm. is a team that, depending on a few breaks here or there, could make a run in March. Right. Um, but a lot of that depends on Kreese and staying healthy because they're not super deep. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I expect this to be a team that, that is going to want to run, that is going to want to use defense to create offense. Um, you know, you mentioned the football team with a lack of turnovers, and, and and that was a big knock on Sean Miller. But Sean Miller's defense was not designed to get steals or blocks. Right. It was meant to get defensive rebounds so they could walk it up the floor and micromanage the guards and, and score 78 a game. But didn't I think they the- want to get out in the passing lanes. They want to block shots. They want to run um, because I think that they want to beat you 85-80, 95-90, like Lute used to do. Lute's teams gave up a lot of points, but they they still play really good defense. Didn't it seem a little counterproductive? And I don't want to turn this into a, you know, a bashing Sean Miller because he did a lot of really good things. But didn't it seem a little counterproductive, though, like when you would have teams where you had T.J. McConnell, Nick Johnson, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Aaron Gordon, Brandon Ashley. You can just go down the list. And you're playing more of a prevent type defense where in actuality you could be shooting passing lanes left and right and turning things up as opposed to hoping that people miss shots. You know, I, I don't want to criticize those teams particularly. They because they were very good. No, no, no. Yeah, because their defensive numbers were unreal. They were like one of them was number two in the country. So that worked. That's fine. Yes, it would have been fun seeing Gordon jump in passing lanes and 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 lobbing the Nick Jump. I'm not gonna play about but I think there are other teams more recently that were less disciplined, but had athletes. Uh, I think of that team a couple of years ago with um, that just had a lot of length, but they weren't good on ball defenders. So why not try to jump passing lanes? Why not try to block shots? Um, my, I think my, my frustration a little bit though, Brad was, as you said, the defensive numbers were absolutely astounding for sure. But the problem is those teams still struggled to score a lot of the time. The McConnell, the Johnson teams, as we saw with Lute Olson, the best way sometimes to score is to get out and get to easy buckets, and it just never felt like that was really part of the equation. No, and again, I think, again, Miller, I've always said this, Sean Miller is a good basketball coach. He's an excellent system coach, and he's just a guy who doesn't like to get away from his system. And right. I think that was part of his detriment was he didn't always recruit guys who fit his system. He tried to find... In many ways, he pulled a lesser version of what Steve Alford did, and that's just acquiring talent. But then, unlike Lute, who used to be like, oh, I have nine wings. Okay, I'm going to go with a four-wing offense. Right. Or I have seven bigs. Okay, we're going Tucson Skyline. Um, Sean Miller didn't necessarily adapt 
I mean, Alonzo Trier is a very talented basketball player. Was not a Sean Miller basketball player. Right. Um, but that was the best guy he could get in that class, as opposed to, you know, I mean, I think the irony is Justin Simons, the guy who's what still in the NBA now. He was an ideal Miller player, but he didn't play him as a freshman. He left because he was playing higher rated players over him. And I think that was kind of the downfall of Sean Miller is, again, if he had just stuck with the system, um, the best example is that, you know, what the, the team you mentioned that had these great on-ball defenders who happened to be five stars. But if you can't get that guy, I think that's what I want to see from Tommy Lloyd is, does he just stockpile his kind of guys? Or is he able to say, well, I got these guys. This is what I got. Let's figure out how to use them. And that's what's going to be fascinating about it. And you know what? You should be following us all the way around AZ Wildcats podcast. Brad is on weekly. We got Jay Dobbins coming on tomorrow. Got recruits. A lot of really good stuff. Now, Brad, before uh, before we sign off here, and again, appreciate to everybody that contributed here. And the podcast will be up here shortly. Brad, I think by the end of the year, and we talked about this last week, I think that this is a team that has top 25 potential. I do. And what that means to me is a team that could possibly go into the tournament around a five seed. What do you think? Yeah, I absolutely do. Again, you look at it with the exception of point guard, which is unproven. They don't have a glaring weakness. They've got four competent bigs. They've got some wings who I think are are, are maybe the strength of the team. I really think Dallin Terry is going to make a jump this year. I've always liked Dallin Terry. Um, Matherin, we know what he is. Um, I think with you look at uh, Kyer, you look at Pella Larson when he's healthy, that off-guard position looks pretty good. Again, depth is going to be a little bit of an issue because I think they've got eight legit. I'm not sure Ball and uh, Novell are ready, or Noel is ready to play. Um, but other than that, you know, if if Kerr Creesa is a competent to above-average point guard, this should be a good to very good team. Do they look like a Final Four team? No. But are they a team that can get hot at the right time, get a few matchup breaks in that bracket, and suddenly find themselves in that second weekend and maybe even an Elite Eight-type team? Maybe. They could also have the bad bracket and be the team that gets 12-seed Wichita State, who's not a 12-seed. But, yeah, I I think if things break the way I think they can and maybe even should, that this could be a a very fun season because I think the talent is being – uh, downplayed a little bit, um, ba- even based upon what we saw last year. We didn't see a lot of Kirk Creesa, but how could you not like what Tabellus and Matherin and, and an improved Coloco all give you? I'm pretty excited about it. He's William Brad Alice. He'll be back on with us next week. And uh, we again, we got Jay Dobbins coming on. Matthew Bothwell just said, I, I really think we're going to have a good team this season. And I think we are as well. I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. And again, got Jay Dobbins coming on tomorrow. You can tweet at me any questions, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So for uh, two uh, less, uh, let's put it, less famous Saguaro alumni, Brad Alice, Mike Luke, signing off here from the AZ Wildcats podcast.